You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Assembly, Sedalia, Missouri. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about the church, you can reach us at www.bethelassembly.info. This morning, we are continuing in a series that we're simply calling More Than a Song. And by the way, you don't want to miss next Sunday morning. You are going to be blessed beyond all measure. Pastor Andy, we're, uh, you're not Andy, are you? Pastor Andy is not sitting in his seat. He is going to be speaking next Sunday morning. You're going to hear from our own creative arts pastor's heart on what worship really is. He's going to be talking about worshiping in the difficult times of life. Have you ever been there before? Amen. Amen. So this morning we're continuing in this series called More Than a Song. We're talking about something that I believe is the greatest offering that we can present to God. It's not our finances. It's not taking up the offering on Sunday mornings. We're not talking about volunteering and and giving of your time to the church. Both of those things are important. Both of those things are vital as a Christian for us to do to offer ourselves but what we're talking about last week, today, and next Sunday is what is real worship? Are we offering God more than a song? Last Sunday, we took the time to talk about King David. Do you remember that? We talked about a time when, when they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the city of David, and, and suddenly he began to get overwhelmed by the presence of God. And the Bible says he was just in his uh, linen tunic. He was in the ephod, and he began to give God praise. There were some, his wife particularly, that wasn't real happy with his behavior. But he said, I'm willing to look like a fool. I'm willing to go to the furthest extent to give God praise. Why? Because God is worthy of our praise. Worship, by definition, is defined as to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Are you giving God that form of praise? Are you giving God that form of worship, not just on Sunday mornings? And please understand, we're not just talking about the 20-minute time period when the worship team is here. Yes, that's a worship experience. That's a moment of giving God praise. But what we're talking about is giving God praise Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and yes, even Sunday morning and throughout the day on Sunday. We're talking about giving God a lifestyle of praise. But today what I want to do is I want to move beyond the fact that God is looking for worshipers. I want to move beyond the fact that we are to give Him a praise. But today I want to ask you a question. Is your worship costing you anything? Think about that for a moment. When you begin to give God praise, again, not just Sunday morning, but every day of the week, when you begin to give God praise, does your praise cost you anything? I'm reminded of a time in 1 Chronicles where King David was preparing a a burnt offering. He was preparing to give God some worship and praise, and he was offered a great deal on all the supplies he needed. He was offered everything free of charge. Now, many of us would have said, I'll take it. I'll take all that you got, and I'll use that to give God praise. But I love what David said in response. 
In 1 Chronicles chapter 21, he says, I will not present a burnt offering that has cost me nothing. I will not give God a praise that cost me nothing. He was willing to pay the full price for all the supplies. So I ask you today, not just monetarily, but relationally and socially and physically and spiritually, is your worship costing you anything? Now, I've titled this morning's message, This is American Idol. Because I begin to process through how we respond to worship. And I believe that we've made the worship time an idol. As a nation, as a society, as the capital C church, the corporate church, we've made this time of worship, we've made this idea of worship simply an idol. It's something we do, it's something we have to respond to. But I ask you, is it costing you anything? We come into church and we've got a, a kicking worship team, a talented worship pastor. We listen to a few songs. We call that our worship for the week. But does it cost us anything? This morning, very quickly, I want to look at three observations of true worship. Number one is this. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice if it costs you nothing. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice if it costs you Nothing. If all we do is come in here on a Sunday morning and let a group of people sing for us, then all we've done is been entertained. I want to say that again because I think my mic cut out or something. Because that, that should have made a Pentecostal bunch jump up and want to slap somebody. If all we do is come into church and listen to a group of individuals sing, and there has never been, there hasn't been any real sacrifice that cost us anything, then all we've been is entertained. We have not worshipped. We've just watched a show. We haven't worshipped our God. You see, our launching scripture for this series reminds us that God is looking for those. He's looking for individuals. He's looking for people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And let me ask you the same question I asked last week. When he finds you, what will he find? When he locates you, will he find a worshiper? Or will he simply find somebody that's been entertained? That's enjoyed a, a good show? That's watched American Idol? See, if all we're doing is filling a seat, we've just been entertained. You've missed the point of the first portion of our service. And I know that I can speak for Pastor Andy and every one of the team that was up here just a few moments ago. They don't rehearse. They don't come in early. They don't prepare themselves for you to be entertained. They do this to usher in the presence of God. They do this to bring us to the throne room of God Almighty. They do this to offer God the praise that He deserves. The worship that God is looking for 
is not just a Sunday morning worshiper. He's looking for a lifetime worshiper. He's looking for those that will worship in spirit and in truth. If we are not true worshipers before the Lord, then what we are doing is simply giving action or words without a purpose. We're wasting our breath. We're wasting our energy. And quite frankly, I believe that we're wasting God's time. If all we're doing is giving lip service, all this is is Christian karaoke, we're wasting our time. We're called to worship in spirit and in truth. What does that look like? Well, I love what A.W. Tozer had to say in his book, Whatever Happened to Worship. He says this, I cannot truly and joyfully worship God on Sunday and not worship Him on Monday. Let me say that portion again. Because that's got to sink in before you grab the rest. I cannot, look at your neighbor say, I cannot... I cannot truly and joyfully worship God on Sunday and not worship Him on Monday. I cannot, there's that word again, worship God with a glad song on Sunday and then knowingly displease Him in my business dealings on Monday and Tuesday. And I think we can take that further. It's not limited just to business dealings. I think we could also say... and. Knowingly displease him with our actions, knowingly displease him with our vocabulary, and knowingly displease him with our responses, and knowing and dis- knowingly displease him with our responses to those around us. We can't come in here on a Sunday and lift our hands and say, God, I'm going to give you praise. Lord, more than anything, you are the God of miracles. Lord, I glorify you. It's your breath in my lungs. I worship you. On a Monday, flip the switch and knowingly, willfully do things that are displeasing to him. We are called to worship fully and completely in spirit. We must get away from where we in our human minds believe God to be and what he's capable of and lay it in his hand and say, Lord, whatever you have in store, Lord, I want to give you a praise because you are worthy. Look at the scripture, Ephesians chapter 3. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. God is able to do far beyond what you can ever come up with, whatever you can ever conjure up in your own mind, in your limited thinking ability. It's when we get out of our human nature and begin to look deep into what what and who God is and all of his greatness, then and only then will we find out there's so much more of him to get to know. It's as if God is saying, give it to me and watch what I will do. It's completely and wholly allowing ourselves to, from the innermost part of our being, begin to surrender and reach out to an all-knowing and all-loving God. But you see, our worship isn't just in spirits. It's also in truth. The word truth can be defined or described as honest, 
loyal, just, and even constant. Lord, I want to give you a constant praise. Lord, let the words of my mouth continuously praise you. Lord, I want to give you glory in all moments, in all situations, in the good times, in the bad times. Lord, I want to give you an honest praise. Lord, I want you to know exactly what's happening in my life. Man, I think of Job. You haven't read the story of Job. Go to the book of Job. Maybe you think it's Job, but it's Job. Go to the book of Job and read his story. Man, the guy went through all sorts of stuff. But he was willing to give God praise. He was willing to give God glory and honest, sincere praise. Our worship to God cannot be on today and off tomorrow, half-hearted now and full-fledged later. God desires for us to lay it all down before Him, not holding anything back, but putting on, not even putting on a front, but giving Him glory and honor and the praise that He deserves. Amen? Look at Isaiah chapter 1. Quit your worship charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games do you do you find that in worship it almost becomes a moment of charades two words sounds like first syllable you find yourself simply playing games god says man don't do that What I'm looking for out of you is not someone that's really good at charades. What I'm looking for out of you is somebody that holistically from the innermost part of their being wants to worship me in spirit and in truth. Are you offering God charades? Are you offering God karaoke? And for some reason or another you're defining it or calling it worship? Here's what I've discovered. God is not satisfied with our schedule of events. And don't get me wrong, you can't earn your way to heaven. And there's nothing I can do to make God love me more. But what I've discovered is that as I give God praise, as I reach out to Him and I begin to worship Him, suddenly my situation isn't quite what it used to be. And suddenly I find out there's so much more of Him that He wants to reveal into my life. Have you ever noticed that? You, you begin to press into God. You begin to call out to God and, and suddenly you're reading the scriptures and you're reading through and, and you've read the story hundreds of times and suddenly you're reading through and you're like, when did they put that in there? Yes, anybody else ever do that? Is that new? Is that the edited edition? Is this like the, the new version? What's going on here? No, no, no. It's always been there, but suddenly it becomes alive and real to you. Why? Because you begin taking the time to give God all that is in you, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. What God is looking for from you is your hearts. That's all He wants. He, he's not really looking for how good of a vocalist you are. He's not looking for how well you can do that harmony part during the middle of the worship service. He's not looking at, are you really good on the keyboard or the drums? That doesn't really impress him. What he's looking for is your hearts. 
What he's looking for is your longing and your desire to, to connect with him in a real, personal, intimate way. See, God wants to speak into your life. The first thing we've got to understand is a sacrifice is not a sacrifice if it costs us nothing. The second observation that I've discovered is this. God is not impressed with a song. He looks at the hearts. He's looking for those that are real and not just formality. In other words, he is looking for those that are true worshipers. What does your worship cost you today? If it costs you nothing, I challenge you to examine, are you really giving him true worship? Or are you simply being entertained by really good music? And by the way, the worship team, they nailed it today. Man, they just tore it up. I don't think there was a weak link going on up here. But the purpose of this is so that we can give God praise. It's not so that we can walk away and just be highly impressed and be entertained for a few moments. It's so that we can give God glory. So we can allow all that God is to take root inside of us so that our heart is enriched with more and more and more of Him. Well, I can hear you today. Pastor, there's a myriad of reasons why I don't worship. I actually had somebody several years ago in a former church that I was on staff. They told me this. They said, you know what? If you ever look back during worshiping and you see me not worshiping, the reason I'm not worshiping is because my elementary teacher said I couldn't sing, so I just remained silent. What? I don't think he's worshiping the elementary teacher. Who cares about the elementary teacher? We're worshiping an audience of one. We're worshiping God. I don't care what you sound like. God doesn't care what you sound like. But we come up with a myriad of reasons. Well, I can't raise my hand because I can't do this because I can't sit out in the aisles because I can't go to the altar because we have all of these reasons. It's kind of like the guy that decided to give up all sports. He wanted to give up football in the fall. He wanted to give up baseball in the summertime. He said basketball is out in the winter. I'm going to give up all sports. And he gave 11 reasons. You want to hear his reasons? Number one, he said, the people I sat next to didn't seem real friendly. I'm going to give up sports because the people didn't seem real friendly. Or number two, the seats were too hard and not comfortable at all. Number three, I went to many games, but the coach never came and even called on me. Number four, the referees made decisions that I couldn't agree with. That's why I'm giving up all supports, all sports. Number five. The game went into overtime and it was getting late and I wanted to get home. Number six, the band played songs I had never heard before. In fact, it was a style of music that I didn't really like. Number seven, it seems that games are always scheduled when I want to do something else, like go to the lake. (laughs) Number eight, I suspect that I was sitting next to some hypocrites. They came with their friends, and all they did was talk the entire game. Number nine, I was taken to too many games when I was a kid. I was forced to watch games when I was a kid. I refused to do that as an adult. And number 10, I hate the crowd. Not to mention the craziness in the parking lot, the craziness in the lobby trying to get out. Now, these seem like silly 
responses and silly reasons, but isn't that what we do with worship and even church? Well, it's just not convenient. I ask you today, do you worship out of convenience or out of conviction? Do you worship because of your longing and your hunger for God? You see, worship is not something that comes from the right conditions around us. It's something that comes from the hearts. We are called to be worshipers. Not just on Sunday, but every day of our lives. Worship is not based on those that are around us. It's focused on the one that is in us. In fact, Psalm chapter 34 says this. Worship God if you want the best. Worship opens doors to all his goodness. So I ask you. Do you want the best that God has for your life? Then worship Him. Are you facing difficulties in your life? Then begin to worship Him. Do you feel as if there's roadblocks in your Christian walk? You have this break between you and God and you can't seem to break through. Begin to worship God. God wants a direct connection with you. That means He wants your heart. In the book of Jeremiah, God was speaking to those that had been exiled out of Babylon, and he said this, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Oh, well, Pastor, I I come into church, and the worship team is playing. They're leading us in the songs, and I just don't feel the presence of God. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. It's worship that catches the attention of God. And I love how the message paraphrase says this same scripture. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. When you get serious about giving God praise, when you get serious about pressing in, when you get serious about reaching out to Him, when you get serious and you push all distractions aside, when you really press in for more of God, He says, you won't be disappointed with what you find. Are you willing to press in for God? The third observation that I see is this. True worship Take sacrifice. Genesis chapter 22. Some of you have heard this story before. Maybe you haven't, but I want to read it to you in its completion. It's a man by the name of Abraham. Remember singing the song as a kid? Father Abraham had many. Do you remember Abraham now? Some of you do. Some of you are like, why are you doing this? Genesis 22. God has given instructions to Abraham, and he says, Take your son, yes, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Whoa, pause. Take your son. Come here, Chandler. Chandler is my son. In fact, my kids, they love when I use them as illustrations. I've got pastor friends that actually pay their kids when they use them as illustrations. 
I refuse to do that because I'm thinking riches in heaven are better than, than earthly possessions, yes? We're going to go with that. So Chandler is my only son. I've got a daughter also, but Chandler's my only son. It's as if God says to me, okay, Chris, I want you to take Chandler. Yes, Chandler, your only son, and I want you to sacrifice him. What do you think? Are you game? Do you trust me? We're going to go to the mountain that God describes for us, and we're going to go there, and at that point, I'm going to sacrifice you. Hang tight, hang tight. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey. He took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Chandler. (laughs) Then he chopped wood for the fire, for the burnt offerings, and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, so three days of travel, preparing, getting ready, having the wood... the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He looked at the servants, stay here with the donkey, Abraham told them. The boy and I, Chandler and I, we're going to travel a little further. We will worship there and we will come right back. Hold it now. Didn't God just say, go to the mountain that I'm describing for you and sacrifice Isaac there? But now Abraham says, stay here, guys. Stay with the donkey. I'm going to take my son. Yes, my only son. We're going to travel up the mountain. We're going to worship there. And we are going to return. We're going to talk about that in a moment. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. We've been moving a lot of wood at the house. So here I've piled all this wood on your shoulders. You've got it on your back. All the wood for the burnt offering while he himself carried the knife and the fire. As the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, we have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide the sheep for the burnt offering, my son. And they both walked together. Are you seeing what's happening here? We're going to break this part in just a moment. Are you seeing what's happening? Abraham, in the midst of his worship, is putting all faith and all trust in God. God had said, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him. So you can imagine Abraham, as he's walking along, he's put the wood on his son's back and he's carrying the the fire and he's carrying the knife in his hand and every step he's taking he's saying, God, I know that you'll provide. God, I know that you'll meet my need. God, I worship you in spirit and in truth. God, I'm willing to give you a praise. Lord, I know that you'll provide. And his son says, Dad, you had the fire and you had the knife. We have the wood where's the sacrifice god will provide look what happens when they arrived at the place where god had told them to go abraham built the altar and arranged the wood then he tied his son isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood abraham picked up the knife i'm not going to borrow ryan's knife too far. Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. 
At, the mo- at that moment, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham! Abraham! Yes, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by the horns in the thickets. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. Thanks, Jeff. I want to talk about four responses very quickly. Four responses to our worship. Number one, there's preparation for personal worship. There's preparation. Time and time again in the Bible as we're reading through moments away from the very presence of God or moments away from worshiping God in the Bible and you see the experience, you see the individuals, they're getting themselves ready. They're preparing themselves for that moment, for the presence of God. Here we see Abraham and Isaac, they're they're chopping the wood, they're going on the journey. They're setting out, they're making the preparations and I ask you, what about you? Do you prepare for worship? Every day when you rise in the morning, do you prepare for worship? When you come in here on Sunday, do you prepare for worship? I believe that there's preparation. The worship team, they prepare. The leadership, they prepare. What about you? Are you making the preparations for worship? The second thing I see out of Abraham is worship will require determination. Three-day journey. Three days of saying, God, are you sure? God, are you really sure that that, this is what I'm supposed to do? God, I've got the knife, and God, I've got the fire. Three days of Isaac going, Dad, are we there yet? Dad, are we there yet? Dad, where's the sheep? God, Dad, where's the lamb? Dad, where's the sacrifice? Three days. Getting to the place of real heartfelt worship may be a lot of traveling. It may require pressing in. It may require pressing forward with total determination, saying this, God, I'm going to make it all the way to your presence. God, I don't really know where this mountain is that you're telling me about. God, I really don't know exactly where I'm going. God, all that I know you told me to do is set out on the journey. God, you told me to get the wood. You told me to bring my son. You told me to hold the knife. You told me to grab the fire. And God, we're heading out. And God, this is a hard road. This is a rough journey, God. I'm three days into this. Where am I going? And God says, right up here. Are you willing to press in? The third thing, worship is placing all confidence in God. What did he say to the servants? The boy and I, we're going to go up to the mountain and we're going to worship God. And we, we will return. Hebrews chapter 4 says this, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of God. Of grace. It's because of the price of Jesus. It's because of the sacrifice of God's one and only Son. We can boldly, with confidence, 
come to the presence of God. We're not worthy to stand in His presence. We're not worthy to give Him glory. We're not worthy to raise our hands in worship. But because of the price that Jesus paid on the cross, we've been made right. Not our righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ. We've been made right in the eyes of the Father. And the fourth response, worship will always require trust. Abraham had to trust that God would either provide the lamb or raise Isaac from the dead. Wow. That's hard. That's that's hard. I mean, as a dad, I've got my son up here and and I've got the the fire in my hand and and I'm ready to to put the fire down. I've got the knife in my hand. I'm ready to sacrifice my son. And Abraham says, God, I'm trusting you. Lord, I'm going to rely upon you, God. This sacrifice is costing me everything. My one and only son. God, I'm willing. Because God, I know that you will either provide the sacrifice or you'll raise my son from the dead. Either way, great dependence upon God was a must. God wants to provide for you in so many ways. God wants to meet your need. But we've got to step out and trust, complete trust with God. You see, Abraham was willing to offer more than a song. I believe God is asking many of us this question today. What is it in your life that you need to sacrifice in worship? What is it that you've been carrying along in this journey What is it that you need to be willing to lay on the altar? What is it that you need to be willing to put the knife to? What is it in your life? You may have entered this morning into the worship center not feeling like giving God praise. You're here maybe because it's Sunday morning and you feel the obligation to be here. You're here because somebody invited you, but you really didn't want to come. I want you to know that you are here by divine appointment by God, that God has a reason for you here today. You may be here and you don't feel like worshiping, but God is asking you to make the sacrifice, to willfully surrender it all to him. I challenge you today. Become a worshiper. Worship the Father in spirits and in truth. Be willing to give him praise in every situation. Be willing to trust him. Be willing to go the journey with him. Will you be the worshiper that he looks for? Will you be the one that he longs to have a relationship with today? 
I challenge you. This may be way out of your comfort zone, but I challenge you. Begin to make the change and the steps forward to move closer to God.